Okay, so the Senate of the United States has passed a, what they're calling a bipartisan gun control package. They did get 10 Republicans to vote with them, which is why they're calling it bipartisan. That's a filibuster-proof majority. We'll get into all of that in a minute. But one of the hallmarks of this package is the fact that it funds red flag laws. And red flag laws are, of course, a, an affront to our constitutional rights. They deprive the individual of due process because what, what a red flag law is, is it means that a family member, a friend, a member, a, a a coworker, someone, someone associated or around a person who is displaying perhaps valid red flags can report that person to the police and the police can confiscate that person's firearms without adjudicating it first. They, they can take that gun away without it going to a court of law and a court saying, yes, these are valid red flags, which, which means that you cannot legally possess a firearm. Red flag laws are not that. Red flag laws do not use due process. And so they're ripe for abuse. We all agree that there needs to be something done. And I don't say something done the way that the Democrats mean something done. I, what I mean is that there needs to be a better structure or a better infrastructure in our nation that allows us as citizens, as community members, and as family members to help people who are displaying very legitimate red flags that can be indicators that you know, their red flags could lead to them committing some kind of violence and, you know, an atrocity like we saw in Buffalo, New York or in Uvalde, Texas. There does need to be something done. But the congressional answer to this, this red flag law is not the way to do it. And, and hear me out on this, because why would we trust the government with red flag laws to take away, to suspend one of our constitutional rights without due process of law when these same government either bureaucrats or elected politicians, it doesn't matter which one, these same government officials have repeatedly used the power of government and their office to target people based on religion or politics or opinions that people hold that the government officials don't like. I don't trust a government not, I don't trust, it's not the government, I don't trust government officials not to abuse this because they have repeatedly proved to us that they're willing to abuse their power in government. And they will inevitably identify things about us and our ideology, whether it's conservatism, whether it's the fact that we voted for Trump, whether it's the fact that we don't want our kids to go to drag shows. They, they will use something about us to try to suspend our constitutional right to keep and bear arms. And they will ignore the real red flags. I mean, we talked about this after Uvalde. There are real red flags. There were indicators that that shooter was suffering serious mental health issues that were indicators that he would that he would commit mass violence. I mean, he he carried around a plastic bag filled with dead cats. He self-harmed. He cut his own face. He was abusive to his mother and to his grandmother. He 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 threatened young women online with sexual assault and with death. He was antisocial. He was aggressive. He had no family structure. He came from a broken family, which is the number one indicator. The, the, all of these things are real red flags and we should talk about, well, how do we address these red flags? But that's not what red flag laws will do. Red flag laws will ignore the actual red flags associated with, with, associated with these mass shootings and instead will be used or abused to target us. And so when I was thinking about the concept of this show yesterday and today, I originally thought, well, I'll title this show. The thesis of the show will be everything is a red flag. And I thought, you know, that's actually not correct. It's not that everything is a red flag because real red flags won't be red flags. It's everything that you and I believe will become 
a red flag. And so let's dig into exactly how this will play out in our country and what we should do to stop it. I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. Did you know that poor sleep can cause weight gain, mood issues, poor mental health, and lower productivity? And that if you sleep less than six to seven hours per night, it is linked to reduced white blood cell counts. White blood cells, of course, protect our body against illnesses and diseases. They fight viruses, bacteria, and more. Not many people realize this, but having a consistent nighttime routine is so important to your body's health. Well, a better tomorrow starts tonight. Introducing Beam Dream. Beam is the world's most innovative functional wellness brand. You guys know how much I love functional wellness with unique products from everything from sleep to recovery. And today, my listeners get a special discount available for Beam's sleep product. It's called Dream Powder. It's their best-selling healthy hot cocoa. It contains natural sleep-promoting premium ingredients, it's triple lab tested, no THC, and you wake up refreshed. 98% of people surveyed fall asleep faster when taking Beam Dream, and 99% of people experience better sleep quality. That's good stuff. Just mix Beam Dream into hot water or milk, stir and enjoy 30 minutes before bedtime, and you will find out just why so many people love this. If you don't love it, you can get your money back, guaranteed. For a limited time, you can get $20 off if you use my URL. It's beamorganics.com slash Liz, and then use my promo code Liz at checkout. It's spelled B-E-A-M organics.com slash Liz and use my promo code Liz, L-I-Z, for $20 off at checkout. Beamorganics.com slash Liz, promo code Liz. Okay, so we're going to talk about, or we should talk about these 10 Republicans in the Senate who voted in favor of essentially a a Democratic, a, a radical leftist gun control bill here. But before we even get into these individuals and what their problem is, um, why they are caving to the the leftist the leftist narrative, which purports the leftist ideology, it, it's mind boggling to me actually that that anybody in the country would fall for this, that voters specifically would fall for this, that um, that anyone b- would believe that the same leftist politicians who assure us that they won't weaponize red flag laws against us as Christians and conservatives. Um, why we would believe them when repeatedly over the course, I mean, we can just take examples from the last four or five years during the Trump administration and the Biden administration, maybe a little bit in the Obama administration too, where the power of the federal government has been weaponized against us. Think about the IRS. During the Obama administration, the IRS was used to target the political opponents of Barack Obama. This was the era of the Tea Party. And what did the IRS do? They they looked at applications um, for tax-exempt status, for nonprofit status, And they actually did a search for terms like liberty and freedom and God and eagle and flag and all these words associated, yes, with with conservative nonprofits. And then they discriminated against those people. They didn't give them nonprofit status. This was was the IRS weaponized against you and against I based on political ideology. It was screening us based on our beliefs. And it wasn't an isolated incident. I know that that's what the left likes to say. Oh, these were some, these were some, some random misbehaving employees in the Cincinnati, Ohio office. Well, no, it wasn't. It went all the way up to the top, all the way up to Lois Lerner. And well, I mean, how, how, how can you defend a federal government agency um, having power over our lives when they've demonstrated that they'll abuse it? I mean, look at the Department of Justice, the Department of Justice in the Trump administration. This obviously is the, the, the biggest example in the forefront of all of our minds here. But Donald Trump, Michael Flynn, 
what did the Department of Justice do? Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and um, all the folks at the Department of Justice, you know, at the behest of Hillary Clinton and, you know, her her desire, her, her funding of the Steele dossier and, oh, what a tangled web we weave. That whole, that whole um, coup attempt was by a federal government agency that was weaponized against people like Donald Trump and Michael Flynn, but really they, they repre- Donald Trump represented us, right? Because we voted for him. Weaponized against Donald Trump based on what? Based on his politics and ideology. Why would we trust a government over our fundamental constitutionally protected rights when they've already demonstrated to us that they will target us based on our political beliefs? This is true with the Department of Education as well and the Department of Homeland Security. What did the Department of Education do? They threatened public schools across the country with... Um, they, they threatened if, if, if they threatened them if they didn't allow biological males in female locker rooms and on female sports teams. They, they're trying to target people, you and I and our children, based on our ideology, based on the fact, well, in, our, in, in this case, the ideology is just basic science and common sense and safety and privacy and security and um, reality. But still, you understand my point here. The, the Department of Education, that was under Obama as well, targeted targeted schools based on transgender bathroom issues, which is targeting us based on our religious belief. The Department of Homeland Security wrote a letter or, or was involved based on a letter that we've seen was involved in targeting parents, calling parents domestic terrorists. Why? Because these parents didn't want critical race theory taught to their children. These parents were pushing back on school board meetings. These parents were actually running for school board seats and unseating existing incumbent members of school boards who were trying to push Marxist racism on little kids in school. And the Department of Homeland Security tried to label the parents as domestic terrorists. We've, we've seen this time and time again. Why would we give? These are all executive branch agencies that have demonstrated their willingness to weaponize themselves. When I say weaponize themselves, I mean, the bureaucrats that run the agencies will weaponize the power of the agency to target you and to target me based on what we believe. The most recent example of this is actually um, something a lot of people are a little hesitant to talk about, but shouldn't be because it's a good example. In Idaho, there was a group called the Patriot Front that was arrested by police. And the reason that they were arrested is because they were going to protest the Pride event. Now, you should know right up front that the Patriot Front is what I would call an unsavory group. They they reportedly hold racist beliefs, which, I mean, we all condemn. That's, that's evil. That's not good. But the reason that they were arrested is not not because of that. I mean, you're on, for better or for worse, right? That's the First Amendment. You're allowed to have despicable beliefs. You're, al- you're allowed to be personally racist. It's bad. It's evil. It, it might put your soul in jeopardy, but you're still allowed under our legal system to do it. But the police arrested this group um, and charged these individuals with conspiracy to riot. But the reason why is actually completely unfair, regardless of what the views of, of this group are. There, were, there was an investigative journalist who or actually a citizen journalist, I should say, who recorded video um, talking to the police officers after this arrest of these dozens of Patriot Front members were arrested. And what the police officer said was the reason that these people were arrested shows that it's not just at the federal level. You will be targeted for your beliefs at at even even the state level and the local level. Basically, conspiracy to riot. Oh, okay. Okay. There's 15 shields in there, spears and things like that. Gotcha. Okay. So then that's all. No, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. We're not going to be going after law-abiding people, but 33 people load up in the back with a bunch of weapons. Well, I mean, obviously, I guess it's suspicious. Do you know what the original stop was for? For that. 
But how did you know? How did you know that they we have were have Nice. Okay, so what did he say? He said that the reason that they were pulled over was just because they were there, that they were all in the truck and that they had, what, shin guards and shields? Now, you and I can maybe agree that it's weird to have shin guards and shields. It's, it's weird to mask your face and march around in khaki, and, and it's, it's a bad thing to hold the ideology that this group reportedly holds, but, but what crime? What crime have they committed? Well, the true crime that they've committed is they were intending to protest a pride event. They were intending to push back on an ideology that the radical left embraces and not only embraces, but wants to force us to celebrate. This, this group has no serious history of violence that would warrant them being infiltrated by the federal government or, or by police the way that this police officer said, yes, we were notified of this by informants. That means embedded in this group are, are, are police, our are law enforcement at some, at some level, whether it's local, whether it's state or whether it's federal. And remember, they were pulled over simply because they were planning to oppose this rally. Now, if there's other evidence that they had a, a that they were capable and had a specific plan to commit violence, that's another thing, but that's not what the cops said. That's certainly not what the cops said. And that's not what that's not what they were charged with. They were charged with misdemeanor conspiracy to riot here, which is an assault. Again, free speech. The point of a protection of free speech is to protect not things that everyone agrees with, but to protect despicable speech to protect things that might offend someone else. And this is just another example of a government agency that, that has been weaponized politically against, against an individual or against a group in this case because of the political beliefs of that particular group. So forgive me if I don't trust the government at any level to, in, to, to enforce a red flag law with any kind of fairness, to deprive anybody of due process, even when even when real red flags might exist. There's a better way to do this that not only protects our communities against, against people who are displaying red flags, but also protects innocent people from being targeted for targeted by abusive behavior by government officials. Remember, these, these politicians who have voted in favor of funding red flag laws at the state level, and we're going to get into the nuance of why that's a complete cop-out, especially by these Republicans in just a second. But these same people that are telling us, you know what, no, we're not going to suspend due process. These are red flag laws with due process. They're not. But the same people who are telling us that are also the same people who told us that they would only lock us down during COVID for two weeks. So, I mean, they're liars. We can see that we shouldn't trust them. That should be obvious. Um, the other part of this is the Democrats, of course, are hypocrites, as they are on almost every issue, but they're hypocrites on safety. They claim that they want to protect. They claim that these laws are absolutely vital and necessary to protect people from gun violence. But at the same time, the Democrats in Congress, and this is true in both the Senate and the House, aren't doing anything when there are legitimate assassination attempts made against a Supreme Court justice whose ideology happens to be conservative. And what I'm talking about, of course, is Kavanaugh, a, a, a would-be killer, not only stalked Brett Kavanaugh and his family, but traveled from California to Washington, the Washington, D.C. area, came outside of Kavanaugh's house, house with guns, with zip ties, with knives, with the intent to murder Brett Kavanaugh. And um, AOC specifically, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, actually bragged on an Instagram Live that she blocked the, the security bill that was under consideration in Congress, the security bill would have provided, obviously, for enhanced security for Supreme Court justices who are under attack. Um, she bragged about blocking this bill. This is, this is what she said in her life. She said, this is a quote, I wake up this morning and I start to hear murmurs that there is going to be an attempt to pass the Supreme Court supplemental protection bill the day after gun safety legislation for schools and kids 
and people is stalled. She says, oh, so we can pass protections for us and here easily, right? But we can't pass protections for everyday people? I think not. So she's conflating um, the gun control bill with actual safety, which it's not. You and I know that gun control does not keep people safe. Gun control actually increases crime. But at the same time, there, there's legitimate threats with a gun against Supreme Court justices. Democrats in Congress have the capacity to increase security for these justices, and they don't for political reasons. So make no mistake, during, during this debate, they are trying to harness or this debate or um, this national debate. Democrats are trying to harness emotion and harness fear and tell you that there's an urgency to pass gun control in order to save lives, but they've proved they're not willing to save lives where they actually can. They're not willing to protect people when they can't. So now let's talk about the conservatives here um, and who exactly thought that this was a good idea, that passing red flag legislation or legislation that funds red flag laws was a good, solid, conservative, and effective idea. Now, I like Dormeo because really good really nice mattresses are expensive, but I still want to sleep on a bed that feels really good and really nice. If you suffer from achy hips, back, or shoulders, then you have to try the Premium Mattress Topper by Dormeo. At a fraction of the cost of a new mattress, you can get that new bed feeling without having to buy a new bed. Their smart body zoning helps create better support for your body while you sleep. That means no more waking up with unexpected aches and pains that you did not have the night before. Their mattress topper has a full range of sizes from twin all the way through king. They even have RV sizes and a new split head king. And it's perfect for everything from an adjustable base to a spare bed in the guest room to couches, futons, boats. Basically, if you can sleep on it, they probably have a mattress topper for it. Plus, Dormeo is known for their incredible customer service. Don't believe me? Well, give them a call, message them on their website, and then be amazed at how fast they respond. They sent me one. I love it. I think you will too. Right now, if you go to dormeo.com slash Liz, you can receive 30% off your Dormeo mattress topper. That is the best offer that you'll find anywhere, but you have to use my URL, dormeo.com slash Liz. It's spelled D-O-R-M-E-O.com slash Liz. Remember, with our 10-year warranty and a 100-night risk-free trial plus free shipping, it's crazy not to give Dormeo a try. Okay, so here's the list of Republican senators who voted in favor of this Democrat gun control bill. And yes, I'm aware that this gun control bill could have been worse in the sense that it, it, it could have banned AR-15s. It, it could have banned handguns. It, it could have been worse, but that doesn't mean that it's not bad. It is bad. And here are the Republican senators who voted for it anyway. Senator Cornyn, Senator Tillis, Senator Blunt, Senator Burr, Senator Cassidy, Senator Collins, Senator Graham, who, by the way, this is like extra extra nutty from him because he has been on record before blasting red flag laws, yet now he votes in favor of legislation that, that gives money to states to enact these. So that makes no sense. Senator Portman, Senator Romney, of course, and Senator Toomey. Now, this, ten, this list of 10 Republicans makes uh, the number of senators who support this in the Senate overall at 60, which makes it filibuster-proof. So whether more Republican senators will join this remains to be seen, but these are the 10 that deliberately are fulfilling this majority necessary to overcome a filibuster. So this will pass the Senate. Now, when Senator Cornyn was asked about, uh, was asked about the red flag aspect of this, he actually responded on, he responded to this on, on Twitter. And I want to bring this up on the screen here, but I also want to bring this up so that we can read what his response was. Because David Harsani, um, tweeted and said, I look forward to John Cornyn's explanation on how red flag laws are, a are the concern of the federal government, which is a great federalist point. This is, this is 
Um, this is a good point. Besides just the practicality of do red flag laws work, what right does the federal government have to get involved here? And Senator Cornyn responded just by tweeting a link to a tweet by Stephen Gutowski. Stephen Gutowski then quote tweeted, I know this is complicated, but you know, it's, it's all Twitter. Stephen Gutowski quote tweeted someone named Isabella. Isabella was asking Stephen a question. She said, just to be clear, the proposal provides fun federal funding for states to enact red flag laws, but doesn't enact any federal red flag laws. And Gutowski says, correct. That's what Cornyn quote tweeted in answer to David Harsani asking, what business is it of the federal government? And I just think this is the biggest cop-out in the world. Like, who are you kidding? Who are you kidding? If you support giving federal taxpayer money to states for red flag laws, you don't get to distance yourself from the red flag laws. You are making the red flag laws possible at the state level. This does not mean that um, this does not mean that you support federalism. You are simply you are simply deferring the administration of the red flag laws, which you never you you can't fully defer the administration of a policy at a state level when the funding comes from the federal level. So this is the biggest cop out in the world. It also shows you that Republican senators are aware that what they're doing is a violation of the Second Amendment, is a violation of common sense, is a violation of their constituents, um, and it should cause all of us to ask them. If you can do this, if you can provide federal funding for red flag laws at the state level, why can't you provide funding to completely harden public schools across the country? Why can't you provide federal funding that would reinforce doors, that would reinforce the windows on the doors to classrooms, that would make sure that all doors are locked, that would have single point entry in public schools, that would have you know school resource officers, armed guards at school, that would have verified access only for known persons, why can't you provide federal funding so that public schools where our children are in classrooms like sitting ducks right now so that we can make that a safe environment? Why is that not the first priority of the United States Senate? Why isn't this the first priority of the Republicans in the United States Senate? Because we know the Democrats are hypocrites on this issue. They're so far removed from people from real life that they don't care. They don't care um, about what actually works. They just want to push their gun control agenda. But Republicans are supposed to be smarter. Republicans are supposed to be better. Republicans are supposed to be fighters. They're supposed to be protectors of our constitutional rights. So why, why is hardening schools not the first priority here? And that's what we should ask our senators. There are some Republicans, by the way, not at the, not at the federal level, at the state level, who are doing what they should to make schools safer. In Ohio, actually, Governor Mike DeWine, who I'm not a huge fan of, I think he completely botched the COVID response and not just botched. He was, he was a little petty tyrant in Ohio during the COVID response, but kudos where it's due, credit where it's due. He just signed a bill that allows teachers in public schools in the state of Ohio to be armed if they so choose. And it, it actually reduces the amount of training. So you don't have to have a law enforcement amount of training in order to carry. You have to have more like concealed carry permit holder training in order to be an armed teacher in a school. This is what we should be doing all across the country. We should be allowing teachers who are willing, who are capable, and who are trained to carry firearms in schools so that mass shooters or wannabe mass shooters know that if you come into a school, you will run into someone who will immediately respond to you and will kill you if you try to harm children. But mark my words, I've said this before, I'll say this again, until parents, parents, not politicians, until parents rise up individually and bypass politicians like they did with critical race theory, like they're doing with the transgender ideology at in kindergartens, nothing in schools is going to change materially because politicians are going to act like the Republicans in the Senate. They're not really going to do anything or maybe they'll even buy into Democrat talking points. They're not going to 
harden schools until parents bypass them and demand that schools be hardened or else we're going to remove our children from these schools. If that happens, then something, then something will change. But of course, this builds on what we talked about yesterday. In yesterday's show, we talked about squishy conservatives being, you know, the spineless ones, the ones we are all familiar with, being unwilling to fight cultural wars, being unwilling to touch social issues because they're uncomfortable. And, you know, these squishy conservatives are how, how nothing changes, how, how we get trans segments on Fox, how Chris Steyerwalt ends up testifying delightedly to the January 6th committee, how we end up with kids at drag shows and a portion of the Republican Party or conservative movement defending this, defending Drag Queen Story Hour, or how we ended up with critical race theory in schools, how it happened before we noticed it, or how the New York Post, their editorial board published a piece telling Republicans to move on from the 2020 election and election integrity issues as if you actually can move on. You, you, you can't, you'll never win an election if there's issues with election integrity. But this is, this is the problem with, with squishy politicians. We're seeing this again in the Senate. Red flag laws are actually a dream come true for, for Democrats, for tyrannical politicians, because in a sense, it's a form of involuntary commitment. It's, it's a form of a government just assigning a person a, well, a mental health issue to the point that they think that mental health issue justifies the violation of a fundamental human right. And is there anyone among us here today who thinks that that won't be abused. It, it's actually really easy to abuse. It's one of the easiest ways to deprive someone of their of one of their constitutional rights. I mean, think about in this big picture, if you zoom out for a second on our country, think about what the left is trying to normalize right now. That they're trying to normalize, um, well, kink at pride parades. The Washington Post has a piece where they they actually are advocating that you take your children, not only take your children to um, to a pride parade, which is rife with, with well, sexual acts and sexual sexual behavior, um, but with really perverted sexual behavior like, like, like leather and bondage and kink. You don't need me to explain it all. You know what I'm talking about here. This is what the left is actually trying to normalize. And yet at the same time, when we have a problem with that, they accuse us of all the isms and ias, homophobia and transphobia, and um, if we don't celebrate their agenda. And in, in Los Angeles, in Los Angeles, at the Pride Parade, there was not only a child that was in attendance, which is terrible, but his mother was actually forcing him to watch sexualized marchers that he was uncomfortable with and didn't want to watch. So, I mean, not only does it make her a very bad, bad parent, clearly, um, that she forced a child to watch this, it's, it's bigger than this. Because if you remember from Matt Walsh's documentary where he interviewed the teammate of Leah Thomas, so it was a swimmer, a UPenn swimmer, who, who is a teammate of, of the biological male who's competing in the women's um, category, this swimmer said, this, the, the actual female swimmer said that if any of the girls on the team have an issue with the fact that a biological male is in their locker room exposing male genitalia, then what, what the coach did when the girls expressed their concern is the coach brought in members of the LGBT, L, LGBTQ center and the psych team 
to talk to the girls, to help them, help make them more comfortable. So what that means is this, this leftist coach was labeling the girl's discomfort with, with being naked around a biological man or a biological man being naked around them, which is a violation of their privacy, um, labeling their discomfort as something bad and saying, hey, we will bring in a medical, a psychological professional to, to try to straighten you out, to re-educate you so you feel differently. This is a perfect example of how the left is going to abuse red flag laws. They're going to label our beliefs and our feelings as as wrong, as 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 needing to be reeducated, as justification to be targeted by the federal government. And it it it's not just it's not just um, it's not just in a locker room if you have a transgender swimmer on the team. This is true. This is true for parents and children as well. Now, I like ExpressVPN because it keeps my family and my information safe online. If you go online without ExpressVPN, well, let me give you a little analogy here. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like checking your baggage at the airport without a lock on your suitcase. You think your stuff is kept private, but really, you never know who's pawing through your personal items. It's creepy and gross. Likewise, when you go online without a VPN, internet service providers can see every single website you visit. And then what's worse, they can legally sell this information without your consent to ad companies and tech giants who then use your own data to target you. So when you use ExpressVPN, internet service providers cannot see your online activity. Your identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server. Your data is also encrypted for maximum protection. It's also easy to use. You just fire up the app, you click one button, it works on all your devices, phones, laptops, even routers. So everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. I like ExpressVPN because it keeps my family and our personal information safe when we're online and private. So secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash Liz today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S VPN.com slash Liz. And if you use my URL, you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash Liz. Keep your family safe online. Okay, so it's not just young adults in college who are are, are facing this, this, well, it's a stigma, I guess, targeting by radical leftists saying that your feelings and your beliefs are not okay, so you need to be re-educated by, by, by psych professionals. The Washington Post published a, a piece um, essentially saying, yes, kink belongs at Pride, and I want my kids to see it. The subtitle of this is Children Need to Know That They Can Make Their Own Way in the World. The author of this is Lauren Rowello, and she talks about taking her young children um, to the Pride Parade, and this is what she said. Our elementary schooler pointed in the direction of on coming floats, raising an eyebrow at a bare-chested man in dark sunglasses whose black suspenders clipped into a leather thong. The man paused to be spanked playfully by a partner with a flog. What are they doing, my curious kid asks, as our toddler cheered them on. Let me just sidebar here. Curious kid is more like traumatized and now damaged kid because you are a bad parent. The pair was on, this is what she writes, the pair was on the first, was the first of a few dozen kinksters who danced down the street, laughing together as they twirled their whips and batons, some leading companions by leashes. At the time, my children were too young to understand the nuance of the situation, so I told them the truth, that these folks were members of our community celebrating who they are and what they like to do. When my children caught glimpses of kink culture, they got to see that the queer community encompasses so many more non-traditional ways of being, living, and loving. If we want our children, she writes, to learn and grow from their experiences at Pride, we should hope that they'll encounter kink when they attend. How else can they learn about the scope and vitality of queer life? Okay, so let's back up for a second here. So we're already told that if we oppose the federal government um, codifying gay marriage, redefining marriage to include homosexual 
relationships that we are homophobes. We are then told if we oppose children being chemically castrated, their bodies mutilated with hormones and then surgery that we are transphobes. And so now apparently the next evolution of this is that if we don't want to expose our children to kink, to bondage, to leather sexual fetishes, then we are not fully exposing them to the scope and vitality of queer life. This will be the next thing that the left will label us, those of us who maybe we're conservative, maybe we're Christian, maybe we're not. Maybe we're just parents who don't want our children exposed to sex as little kids and then to perverted sexual fetishes, um, well, ever, but specifically as kids, we will be labeled as something wrong with us. We will have psychological professionals. We will have med the medical community. We will have the political sphere, the punditry, all telling us that there's something wrong with us. And this is where red flag laws become so dangerous because the same so-called experts who will tell us that something is wrong with us for not wanting our children to be exposed to, you know, kinky sex at the pride parade, they will be the ones determining whether or not we are allowed to have guns, whether we can be deprived due process and law enforcement can simply take guns away from us, maybe because um, an ex-partner from a relationship that went sour reported us, maybe because a coworker is just uncomfortable with guns, maybe a picture we posted online. Who knows, who knows what it might be? But this, of course, can be abused at multiple levels. People who don't like you or don't like your politics could report you. And then law enforcement can be weaponized by politicians in order to deprive us of these rights. And this is true, of course, out, out, outside of the LGBTQ pride um, sphere. This is true for a lot of things. Think about parental rights and critical race theory, how the Department of Homeland Security labeled these patients or these parents as domestic terrorists. Do you think that that won't be used against these parents and their right to keep and bear arms? Of course it will. Absolutely it will. The same with homeschooling. There's a moving, there's a movement on the left right now that's trying to label homeschooling as abusive. Not, not their, their allegation is not that children are more likely to be abused when they're homeschooled than if they attend public school. And it's good that that's not their allegation because that's factually not true. Your child is more likely to be abused physically and sexually if they go to public school than if they're homeschooled. But no, th this, this leftist movement, it stems from a professor at Harvard named Elizabeth Bartholet. She is making the allegation that if you are homeschooled, that is abuse in and of itself because it deprives a child of a public school experience. Absurd, absolutely absurd, tyrannical. But do you think that this won't be used as a red flag, that this won't be used against parents who want to homeschool their children and exercise their right to keep and bear arms, that, they, that someone won't say, hey, this parent is abusive to their child, so they can't, they shouldn't be able to own a firearm because they might hurt their child. And that law enforcement might not do their due diligence before, before seizing those firearms to say, oh, what is the abuse? Oh, the abuse is just homeschooling and it's not actual abuse? Right. This is ripe for abuse. Same with Christianity. There's a movement on the left who thinks that children shouldn't actually be exposed to parents' ideas, their principles, their, their religion, their values that that's abusive in and of itself to essentially indoctrinate a child in the good way in, in, in the Bible, in the way of God. Do you think that that won't be used against Christians? Of course it will be used against Christians. Just like, just like the January 6th committee, by the way, is doing the same thing towards Trump supporters. They are trying to conflate opinions and speech, the, the concern of half of our country that there were election integrity issues around the 2020 presidential election. They're conflating that with inciting an insurrection, that, that your words, maybe on Twitter, Trump's words on Twitter, actually were the same thing as the violence that, that happened at the Capitol. It's not the same thing. And it's very dangerous 
to for a for the federal government to weaponize their power against against citizens. I mean, this this is also true for COVID and vaccines. There's a report that the FDA is set to approve the COVID vaccine for children under five, so six months to five years old. First of all, you'd have to be absolutely insane as a parent to do this. Absolutely insane. Your child is at such low risk of COVID fatality and not such low risk of serious side effects from the COVID vaccine. Totally, totally bananas, totally nuts. But do you think that this eventually won't be labeled by the left as some sort of abuse of your child, some sort of violence against your child if you don't vaccinate your child with the COVID vax? If you don't profit big pharma by jabbing your kid with with a vaccine that has a lot of problems associated with it? This is going to be, I mean, conservatives and Christians and and really free-thinking individuals in our country are vulnerable to abuse by the government because what what Democrats and leftists in our government are doing right now is that they're they're trying to stop us politically. And the way that they're doing that is they're trying to equate everything that we believe with being evil and everything we do with being violent. And those are two of those are two of the standards or two of the determining factors that would go into is this person a candidate for having their their guns removed by law enforcement without due process based on red flag laws. And remember who would get to decide this? Who would be the determiners of whether whether an individual is qualifies under the red flag law? So if it's psychologists, that would not be good because psychologists and psychiatrists right now are completely beholden to the radical leftist ideology. They're not even allowed in their practice. Licensed psychologists aren't allowed to um, aren't allowed to affirm biological gender, the gender binary. If they don't affirm, not affirm, if they don't, if they don't groom a child towards transgender transition, towards hormones and social transition and eventually surgery, then they can they can lose their license. They can they can lose their right to practice. These people certainly can't be in charge of determining whether red flag laws or red flags are valid enough to invoke the law. I mean, think about the Department of Health and Human Services. Who's second in charge there? Rachel Levine? The person who lived for over 50 years as a man before transitioning to appear as a woman, this person who has no grip on reality, who clearly has serious mental health issues, who wants to force that ideology on parents who won't actually say that it's inappropriate for a child to transition without parental consent. This Is this person going to be? HHS going to be in charge of, of administering red flag laws? Well, I certainly hope not. What about the CDC? The CDC is bought off by big pharma, even if it's at the state level or the local level, even if it's not the federal government actually administrating or setting the standards, which I'll believe when I see it because I think that they would. Who's supposed to be the arbiters of this? Teachers? Teachers that groom children in transgender ideology? Should it be the politicians who think that we are a basket of deplorables? Should it be doctors? Doctors who are bought off by, you know, the American Medical Association and the AAP, which are rife with not only financial corruption, with government officials who who are all in bed together to make profit, but they're they're corrupted by the leftist ideology. They already, if you take your child, the first the first appointment with your pediatrician after your child is born, they ask you if you have guns in the house because the AAP, which determines what pediatricians say to you, the AAP is on the gun control ban AR-15s bandwagon. And so the way that they do that, the way that they're trying to infuse this into our culture is they try to frighten new parents. The first day your child is two days old, you take them to the pediatrician, the first question they ask you is, do you have guns in the home? Are these the people that are going to be the arbiters of the red flag law? Who is going to be, who's going to execute this? Who's going to be, who, who's going to adjudicate this? That's the thing. It's not going to be adjudicated. And that is one of the problems with red flag laws. To the left, it's not that everything's a red flag to the left. Because real red flags aren't 
red flags in the eyes of the left. The left doesn't want to address real red flags, fatherlessness, broken families, violent video games, mental health, pre-existing mental health issues, black box, black box drugs, animal abuse, all of these different things, self-harm. They don't want to address actual red flags, but what they, what they label as red flags is everything that you believe and everything that I believe. Our policies, our politics, our values, our principles, our, our, our ideals and our religion. To the left, those are red flags. And if the Republican Party doesn't recognize this, then we've already lost the fight. We've already lost our Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms for our protection against a tyrannical government. All right, over on Locals, we're going to talk about Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, some new audio has been released about Hunter Biden talking about his relationship with his dad and how much influence he has over Joe Biden's political policy. It's quite something to behold, quite something. Join us over there, lizwheelershow.com slash locals. If you use my promo code, which is access, you will get one month free, which means that you can watch the Hunter Biden conversation for free, one month free on your annual subscription. That promo code is access. Go to lizwheelershow.com slash locals. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay. Executive producer, Chad Abbott. Director of photography, Kevin McRoberts. Editor, Alejandro Figueroa. Sound mixer, Robin Fenderson. Director of marketing, Emily Washler. Production and talent coordinator, Matt Toffler. And senior publicist, Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.